Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast for Monday, April 13th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined today by former New Orleans uh, anchor Karen Loftus, who is now in Tampa Bay as we do our NFC South preview. Karen, tell me a little bit about uh, Tampa Bay, where you're working and what you're up to now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad we could do this. And now we're, you know, on opposite sides of the division here. Um, So I work for the NBC station in Tampa now, WFLA. We're the official station of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we really get involved in the team coverage and everything. So I've sort of jumped right in and, you know, had some exciting stuff to cover, which I'm sure we're going to get to in this, in this chat, but it's been great. I mean, just sort of hitting the ground running. I've been here um, for about two months, a little over two months now. So was this like the insider trading equivalent of sports journalism that you knew Tom Brady was going to go to Tampa Bay and then you decided to go to Tampa Bay? Was that what happened there? Yeah, it was exactly the way I planned it. So <laughs> I had some friends actually joke with me like, okay, you were in New Orleans when Zion went there. Right. <laughs> and then you go to Tampa Bay and Tom Brady goes there. Like you were just finding yourself in the epicenter of the sports world. Yeah. Hey, I'm here for it. I love it. <laughs> so what was your reaction when, when you heard, because you were there for about a month, right? When, when Tom announced that he was going to be going to Tampa Bay. Yeah, it was pretty wild because I feel like every everybody was sort of, holding back when the news first broke. If you remember, it was of course an Adam Schefter tweet and his tweet is fact basically. Um, But there was still some reservation that the contract had not been signed. And of course, you know, the the hurdles that teams have had with getting physicals and you just never know what can happen until that pen is put to paper. So there was a lot, there was about four days of like Brady watch as we were calling it. Um, And it was sort of a relief when the paper was finally signed, the contract was done. So we could wrap our heads around the fact that Tom Brady is now the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and just thinking about how good this team can be with him leading their offense. Yeah, I think I think that was kind of my initial reaction too. I'm still kind of surprised by it. Um, not necessarily uh, that he came to NFC South or anything like that but just the bucks because you you would think a guy like tom brady who's been in new england maybe he wanted to go to a bigger market a place like la things like that but tampa bay i don't know why it just seemed completely out of left field to me but then the more that people got into it and bruce arians and the offense it just seemed to make more and more sense yeah it really did and then i think a lot of people were sleeping on how good the bucks actually were because of just the glaring 30 interceptions that Jameis threw last year. But you also forget that he threw for more than 5,000 yards and it was a team that finished seven and nine. Mm -hmm. They were very close to making the playoffs and having a winning record if it weren't for 30 interceptions. And you talk about having two of the best receivers in the league and a stacked defense between Shaq Barrett, who led the NFL with 19 and a half sacks last season, and Dominican Sue. Um, JPP. I mean, they have all the weapons. It was just, I mean, you think about how costly turnovers can be. And that was yeah. just exceptions, not to mention, you know, other turnovers that were, you know, cost them in games too. I was about to say, I think that Jameis, what you said really did overshadow who the Bucks were as a whole, because that you kind of want to have a scapegoat and you want to have someone to blame. And obviously that is a big blaming point if you, if you want to throw 30 interceptions, but, um, 
you know, with a guy like Tom Brady, who isn't going to be in the league for probably another 10 years, you kind of have to have a, uh, an impact now kind of season, maybe this year, maybe next season. Um, can you talk about maybe some of the free agent signings that the Bucks have had and maybe their, their points of emphasis as they enter the draft? Yeah, so some of the big points of concentration this offseason were what Bruce Arian said were obviously the quarterback position, which they shored up, and then defense, which was a huge priority. And they had such a talented defense that for them, it was mainly re-signing guys and making sure they locked up those guys on the defensive side of the ball, which they took care of um, pretty much all of them. So that was the, the big point of emphasis for them was the, the quarterback and defense. Well, you mentioned it earlier. Their offense was great last year other than the interceptions, but earlier we heard the Bucks GM say that they have arguably the best tandem of wide receivers in the league right now in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Do you think maybe wide receiver was such a heavy wide receiver class in this draft that they looked maybe bring in a, one or two more guys at the wide receiver position? Or do you think they more focus on the offensive line, maybe guys up front to protect a guy like Tom Brady? Both. So I think what the, the main focus right now is getting another offensive tackle. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that's sort of been the popular draft choice for the Bucks right now. Somebody at tackle. Um, they got Joe Hag. They signed mm -hmm. him from the Colts um, in free agency. Um, but then the other name that's coming up is Andrew Thomas from um, UGA. So that's sort of where it looks like they may go because, I mean, just think about logically. So the Bucks have said over and over, and this is coming from general manager Jason Light and coach Arians, that they're pretty much good as far as starters. Mm -hmm. So there's no immediate glaring need is what coach Arians said. Um, even at offensive line, that was what he said. We have no glaring need at offensive line, but they're looking to add depth all around. So you think about your top weapon that you just signed in Tom Brady, what's the first thing you want to do? make sure you're protecting him. Right. So I think having depth there and if you can get a good tackle in the first round, I mean, we saw that with Ryan Ramchak. Yeah. I mean, that's a solid, solid pick. It might not be the, the flashy pick or, you know, to that regard, but I think that would be the smart pick for them. And I think that's what they may go with in the, in the first round is depth at the offensive line, get a tackle. Um, but then to your point about wide receiver, um, Rashad Perryman went to the Jets, so they lost him. They lost their number three receiver, so I think that could be a point of interest, too. Um, they do have um, Brian Mitchell, who is actually a Northwestern State guy. Um, they re-signed <laughs> him. Which brings a big smile to your face. <laughs> yes, so I got to chat with him um, when they signed him. Um, but so they have Brian Mitchell, which is – he's an option there, too. But I think for them to have – um, another wide receiver threat. Maybe uh, their pick in the second round is 45th overall. So maybe the second pick, they go wide receiver. Um, or even running back is another thing that's been tossed around. A pass catching back is something that yeah. Coach Arian spoke to. And Cam Akers from Florida State has been um, a name that's been tossed around. I'd like to see Clyde Edwards Hilaire <laughs> still around um, in the second round. Or if they were to get him, I would love that. I love that kid. On the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned bringing back guys like Shaq Barrett, you know, JPP, they have Indomitia Sue again. Is there any positions particularly, you mentioned that they, they feel like they're good as far as starters, but for depth, what position do you think on the defensive side that they're adding, looking to add a little bit more depth? 
I would say um, secondary or linebacker. I think um, on the defensive line, they're, they're pretty short up. Um, you have Devin White, of course, at linebacker, um, who we know he's such a solid player. And I yeah. feel like, you know, obviously I'm so fresh coming out of the New Orleans market that, and, and honestly, LSU has incredible talent. So my mind goes to Caleb on chase on as somebody that they could pick. I mean, have him at linebacker with Devin White and Kevin Minter too. I mean, that's three LSU guys. And we know how solid the linebackers, anybody on defense um, is from LSU. So that, that would be a, a home run for them if they got him. What do you think happens with Jameis? Do you have any inclination of maybe where he goes next year? So it's funny you say that because that was something I was talking to Shaq Barrett after he re-signed with the Bucks, and this was before, you know, Jameis left. But yeah. he was saying, he was like, we were talking about how it would be pretty cool if Jameis sort of stuck around if he was willing to and be a backup, learn from Brady a couple yeah. years, then we straight with Jameis. Yeah. Um, but he's gone. I don't know where he's going to go. I mean, you look at the NFL teams now, it's like, who really needs a starting quarterback? And mm. I, don't, I don't know what that looks like for him. Do you agree with his, uh, as, a, as a workout um, person yourself, do you agree with the, the punching bag being thrown at his head workout? <laughs> no, I feel like, hold on, I missed this. So there's a video that uh, he released, and I saw someone bashing it because, you know, NFL players sometimes have their friends work them out and things like that. And it was basically like a, a punching bag that someone was throwing at his head. I did, did see that, see? yeah. 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 yeah was, oh my gosh. Very I don't know. I feel like step one with the LASIK was a good thing. Whether that had yes. anything to do with his interceptions <laughs> or not, I feel like mentally that's, that's a good step one. Make sure right. that you are seeing the field and downfield clearly. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I did see that video though. Very interesting. And um, he is, I mean, to, to speak on Jameis too, I mean, he's super involved in the community. I mean, we just did a story on him. Um, joining up with uh, a surgeon here out in Lakeland and he's starting a COVID-19 relief um, hotline yeah. to answer questions for people who have questions or concerns about COVID-19. So he's been super involved in the community and talking to his teammates and people around the community. He was a really well-liked person here. Good. Um, I know the, the Saints and their football operations have talked about their kind of conducting things at the Dixie Brewery. Everyone's, you know, staying six feet away from each other. Have the Bucks talked a little bit about what they're doing to kind of prepare for the draft and what they're going to do draft night? Yeah, so I think everybody's going to be at their own respective homes. Like okay. Jason Light will be at his, Arians will be at his, and they're all sort of following the rules, of course, um, in being separate. So we had a, a video call with Jason Light, the general manager, um, a few days ago. He was saying they're just working through different scenarios, as I'm sure all the teams are, of how to video call, making sure you have everything worked out about how you're going to communicate on that day and communicate your draft board and this remote idea of the, the draft war room. Yeah. Um, he said, you know, there's going to be IT people. I mean, this is going to be, you know, the Super Bowl for Yes. The IT guys, <laughs> you know, there, so he said there's going to be an IT person sort of designated to each of their key pieces on draft night to sort of make sure that they don't have technical difficulties. But he had a good attitude. He's like, it's going to be different, but it's going to be fun. And he made a really good point that this is going to be a draft that we're all going to remember. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. You know, 
you can only be optimistic because every other team is going through the exact same thing. It's not like you're the only team that is dealing with having to be spaced out or having to quarantine or things like that. Every single team is going through with it. So it's like, you're, you're not necessarily going to have the same outcome because obviously some teams are going to perform a little bit better than others, but uh, at least you're on the same drawing board, I guess you could say. Yeah, and they're approaching it the same way. I mean, I, like I said, as all, all teams, I'm sure, are, they have all of their scenarios, their draft boards drawn up, and it's just mm-hmm. the logistics are just a little bit different, that you're not all in the same room. Right. Uh, last question for you, Karen. Since we are all in our homes and quarantining and things like that, I have noticed oh. my uh, boredom appetite has increased. Uh, and I've noticed I've kept some weird things around the house that maybe I, I wouldn't ordinarily, like I've kept rice cakes around because they're low calorie and I can just eat them without even thinking the flavored ones. I don't, I don't Girl, do whoa. the regular ones. I know, oh, but you put some peanut butter on them and they're, you know, a great snack. Okay. What okay. are some of the things that you maybe have kept around your house during this time that you ordinarily would not have? Okay. I don't have anything. I'm, I'm sitting in my kitchen right now. I don't, I don't think I have anything that I wouldn't normally have except for <laughs> looking at these 12 bananas that are on my shelves because I had an Amazon fresh mishap order, um, which you may have seen on social media. So yes. um, accidentally ended up with a surplus of bananas. So that is something that is out of the ordinary because I've been ordering all of my groceries online, trying to do hmm. my part. Um, <laughs> you know, when you go to the grocery store in person, you can't mess that up. I want two bananas, take two bananas. I want right. this, I'm going to take that. There's no possibility of messing things up. Um, and toilet paper, I made it another error of ordering online where I thought I was getting a certain amount and it ended up being double. So That's not necessarily a bad thing in, in today's day and age. No, girl, I actually just went to the post office today, um, which was my first time out of the house. There was nobody in there. <laughs> um, but I went to the post office to mail a couple of my friends some toilet paper rolls. Because I'm like, I have a surplus, and they were, like, in desperate need. So I was doing like, your part. Doing your I'm part. I'm doing my part. So I sent toilet paper care packages. This That's is awesome. This is That's awesome. Right well, Karen, good luck to you. I know you said you're doing a draft preview show, so good luck. Uh, if anyone's listening to this and wants to tune into that, where can they see that slash win? Yes, it'll be this coming Saturday night, and I believe the time is 7 o'clock Eastern time. Um, And it'll probably be streamed online at WFLA.com. So everything you need to know about the Bucks and how they are preparing for the 2020 virtual draft. Perfect. Well, Karen, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Caroline. All right. Thanks to Karen for joining us on the show today. If you want to follow her on Twitter, you can find her at WFLA Karen. We will continue our NFC South draft coverage this week with the Falcons on Wednesday and the Panthers on Friday. So you don't want to miss that. We will get you covered as we approach the draft 10 days away from today. All right, I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Thanks for joining me on today's show and have a great rest of your week. Catch you on Wednesday.